Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and I'm here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. As you know, this first season is all about classroom management strategies, about how to gain and keep your students' attention and minimize problems so you can focus on what really matters, teaching and making a difference. Last week, we talked about what to do with that student who's driving you crazy, about how to love them, intercede for them, and keep your sanity throughout the whole process. Throughout this classroom management series, we've talked a lot about how to handle various problems that come up in your classroom. But today, we're discussing something on the other side of the equation, and it's an essential key to classroom management, and that is how to prevent problems from happening in the first place. Have you ever noticed that there seem to be certain teachers whose classrooms almost seem to go off without a hitch? They see, it seems like their kids are pretty much not in trouble and that they don't have that many problems to deal with. You might be jealous of these teachers and wondering how on earth they got so lucky. But the truth is that this didn't happen by accident. A teacher with great classroom management skills knows how to prevent discipline problems and keep a whole bunch of them from happening. And those teachers who seem to have it so easy are actually doing a tremendous job of preventing problems. So if you feel like your classroom um, is being hijacked by discipline issues and you're constantly having to deal with them, Let's talk about some specific ways that you can start preventing discipline problems and hopefully one one day get to the point where your classroom looks like that teacher that you're currently jealous of. So how do we prevent discipline problems? Number one, we need to be organized. When you're disorganized, this creates lulls in your class, which leads to kids getting bored and misbehaving. It's so important to plan your lessons well, have your supplies ready, and to be as organized as possible. Think right now about what items you seem to be constantly displacing and figure out a system to help you keep track of them. Obviously, organization is a process. If you have trouble with this, um, it's something that you're going to need to work on. But think particularly about those laws in your classroom. Are there times when Nothing is being said, and the students are just waiting for you. If there is, those are always going to create problems. So think of ways to be more organized so you can avoid them. Number one, be organized. Number two, deal with problems while they're small. We've talked about this a little bit before, but it is so important that you don't wait to deal with issues until they're big. If you wait to deal with issues until they're big, guess what? you're going to have to deal with big issues. Instead, if you address problems while they're still small and when they're first showing up, you can often nip them in the bud and simply deal with them while they're small instead before they grow into these big, overwhelming problems. So number one, be organized. Number two, deal with problems while they're still small. Number three, have good control procedures. Okay, control procedures are procedures that prevent problems. For example, um, when you're giving a test, requiring students to use a blank sheet of paper to cover their answers will help prevent cheating. 
These types of procedures should make it easy for students to do the right thing and harder for them to do the wrong thing. So think about that. Are there good? Are there procedures that you could add into your classroom that would eliminate or at least make it more difficult for the students to misbehave or to get into trouble? The fourth thing you can do is teach your procedures well. We talked all about this in episode four, so if you haven't gotten a chance, you want to go back and check this out. But the basic concept is that you can't simply tell your students your procedure and expect them to follow it. You need to clearly explain it, then practice it, correct any parts that are done incorrectly, and have them redo the procedure until they get it right. If you're having, if your students aren't really following your procedures well, I definitely recommend you go back and listening to episode four um, to learn how to teach procedures. Number five is to keep your students engaged in your lessons. The more engaged they are, the less they're going to cause problems. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to be this crazy dynamic personality or that you have to always have these incredibly intricate lessons. Some of us just That's just not a reality for us. What you need to do is you need to let your natural passion come through. I hope that you enjoy your subject or that you enjoy teaching. If that's the case, just let that passion come through in your lessons. Show them how exciting this topic can be. And also, don't just lecture all day. If it's constantly you lecturing, Even if you are exciting, that's just a lot of the same. Instead, you want to get your students involved. The ones who are working are the the ones who are learning. So don't you be doing all the work. Get your students involved. And one way you can do that is what's called writing to learn. I'll link to it in the notes at teachfortheheart.com slash podcast 10. But writing to learn is one great way uh, to get your students engaged. You can check that out there. Number six, to prevent discipline problems, move around the classroom. Okay, I want to ask you a question. When you're teaching, do you normally simply stand at the front of the room? A lot of teachers, that's what they do. But you're missing a big opportunity to prevent discipline problems. You do not want to be stuck at the front of the room. Instead, get used to walking around the room as you teach. Not only does this provide variety, it also helps you keep a better eye on what students are doing. Does it look like Greg might be texting? Just walk back towards his desk while you're teaching. And you can take a closer look without interrupting the class. Seem like there's something going on in the back of the room? Walk back to the room as you lecture and teach from back there. You should be comfortable teaching from any spot in your room. Number seven, develop a rapport with your students. Um, Back in episode six, we talked about a lot of ways that you can destroy your rapport. But rapport is so important. If we want our students to follow us, they need to respect us and know that we care about them. So first of all, don't do the things we talked about in episode six. Um, But in addition to that, you need to invest in their lives. Be genuine. Admit your mistakes. Be kind and approachable. Compliment them. Write them notes. And attend their extracurricular events when you can. Give them the benefit of the doubt and show them that you love them. 
The eighth thing you can do is to be professional. We talked about this、um, before.、Um, it was back in episode five about how you need to be both nice and strict.、Um, the thing is, if you're trying to be your student's friend or you're worried about them liking you, you're going to set yourself up for a lot of problems. Instead of viewing yourself as your student's friends, you need to see yourself as your student's mentor. You need to be friendly. But not familiar. We talked all about this in episode five, so you might want to go back and check that out. But one other aspect that goes into being professional is how you dress. Now, this kind of depends on a lot of situations. It depends on the age of your students, on how, on your own age, on the school that you teach at.、It、depends how important this is. But if you're struggling with classroom management, I would recommend maybe taking your dress. Up a notch as far as as far as professionalism. I'm going to link to two、um, blog posts in the com in the、um, show notes of this episode. So if you're thinking about this,、uh, check out teachfortheheart.com/podcast10, and I'll link to a few posts that deal with do teachers really need to dress professionally, and then how to actually do that without spending a ton of money. The ninth way to prevent discipline problems is something very simple, and that's to require students to clear their desk. You know, so many times students hide an activity behind a stack of books that's sitting on their desk, and if you simply require students to clear their desks and only have out exactly what you're working on, you are going to prevent so many problems. Students, it's much harder to text, much harder to work on other homework, much harder to do pretty much anything they're not supposed to do if the only thing that's on their desk is a pen and a notebook.、Um, it's much harder to hide behind. The last thing to do to prevent discipline problems is to establish structure first, and this, in particular, has to do with the start of the school year. But it's applicable in any situation where you feel like you're having trouble、um, keeping your class in control. You know, especially at the start of school year, sometimes you have this goal of like, I have all these exciting activities that I really want to do. But my strong recommendation is to establish structure first. Um, don't start with these crazy activities until you have your students' respect. You all understand the structure. Then it's time to bring out more in- interesting and exciting activities. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying just to be boring at the start of school, or you know, if you're trying to get control, be boring. That's not at all what I mean. What I'm saying, though. Is that sometimes we make a mistake in jumping to these crazy, intricate activities before we've established control. And if students aren't controlled in just a simple,、um, you know, simple kind of lecture or you know, working environment, they're really going to struggle when we try to do something complex like centers or group work or things like that. So I, my recommendation is. If you're having trouble with all of this, maybe stop all those extra activities for a few days or a week, and just really work on the simple classroom control and establishing structure. And once you've got that structure in place, then you can gradually reintroduce these more complex activities and have the procedures in place to do them decently and in order. Let's review really quickly. In order to prevent discipline problems, number one, be organized. Number two, deal with problems while they're small. Three, have good control procedures. Four, teach your procedures well. Five, keep your students engaged. Six, move around the classroom. 
Seven, develop a rapport with your students. Eight, be professional. Nine, was require students to clear their desks. And ten, establish structure first. I hope these tips will help you prevent problems in your classroom. As we talked about before, though, classroom management has so many intricacies to it, and there's just so much that goes into good classroom management. I've been doing my best to share as many tips with you as I can, but if you haven't yet signed up for the mini course, I would strongly encourage you to do so. Go to teachfortheheart.com slash mini course, and you can get my classroom management mini course absolutely free. As part of that, you'll also get an invitation and a special offer to join Classroom Management 101, which is my complete classroom management course. The reason I'm sharing that course and the mini course with you is because there are so many elements that go into classroom management. And if you feel like you're starting to make some progress, but you're still missing some things, that course is going to give you everything you need. It's a structured plan that helps give you all the tips you need to put it all together and see real success. I hope you'll join us next week. We have two more episodes left in this classroom management series. And next week, I'm really excited to introduce you to whole brain teaching and especially to talk about my favorite tip, which is how to quiet a class in under five seconds. I hope you'll join us then. In the meantime, keep growing and keep striving. You really are making a difference.